Yo, what's going on? Good morning. It's One Way Conversation. This is episode, whew, I don't know, 200, uh, fuck, two, 227, 27, I think, yeah, 227. Oh, my school bus when I was a kid was 228, so there you go. A little symmetry there, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's just counting. At some point, you're going to get to all those numbers. I'm sure 227 is something, too. February 27th. I'm sure that's something. 228. Mrs. Rose. That was the bus driver. Good old Mrs. Rose. She wasn't that old. For a bus driver, you think like some old kind of dumpy looking guy. You know, my son's bus driver looks like like Santa Claus. If he, uh, you know, just did a lot of meth during the off season. <laughs> Not that bad. Just for the record, I don't. No, I wouldn't. I'm not going to fucking tell you that I wouldn't put my kid on the school bus with a meth head. All right. I'm about to fucking tell you that. You know, everybody's so fucking on eggshells these days. Every time you say something that's a little bit of a joke, you got to fucking put a parenthesis after. Like, I'm just fucking kidding. Like, no shit I was kidding about putting my kid on a bus with a meth head. Come on. I'm not going to fucking indulge current culture like that. You got to buck up a little bit over there. All right. All that. That was interesting. 228, Mrs. Rose. All right, let's see. What's going on today? Today is uh, Wednesday, September 11th, 2019, and we we will get into 9-11 a little later on today. do want to have uh, a little conversation about it. One-way conversation, that's the name of the show, but um, I do want to talk a little bit about it. It's a day that always kind of hits hard a little bit, and, you know, I don't indulge in all the programs and I don't watch all the replays of the day and that kind of stuff. There was a time when I did when I did that and I'd I'd take in all the uh I'd go on YouTube and go down a little bit of a nine eleven hole and you know you can you can do it a couple of different ways. You can watch all like the news stories, you can watch all the inspirational stuff that came after you know the kid with the red bandana it's a good one. Or you can um you go the conspiracy theory way, and that's always depressing as fuck because it's just that's like the beginning of fake news right there. That's the beginning of it. All this misinformation in the aftermath of 9-11 and who was involved and who wasn't involved and who funded it. And, you know, and it's not it's people with, with with pieces of a fact and they kind of, they, they plant it and it becomes this mutant plant, this mutant flower that they thought they grew with research and facts, but it's really just, it's a fever dream of, I'm not ruling shit out, I'm just saying you don't know anything, alright, and I'm content to say that I don't know jack shit, and you don't know either, um, but we're not going to get into conspiracies with 9-11 today, that's, we're, when we talk about it later, that will not be the route that we go down, no sir, not us, not today, not ever. It's just interesting to talk about conspiracy theories because I like it's interesting to see what people think. But I don't indulge in them and my mind isn't changed uh, by what I hear. You need to have, you know, call me crazy, but I'd like a couple sources and not just your own personal, uh, like I said, 
fever dream of a jigsaw puzzle put together. All right, so what are we going to talk about today? Quick, I would do, we'll talk a little bit about sports before we get to that. Talk about, uh, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but the Dodgers clinch the first team in the Major League Baseball to clinch a playoff spot. That's their seventh consecutive National League West title. They have yet to win a championship in the, in the seven years. Is this their year? I don't know. You still have Dave Roberts, and you still have a sh- shaky bullpen, and you still have, you know, a great offense with the um, question. They're good starters. Look, Walker Bueller is an ace right now. He's unknown to most of the country. You will learn his name in October. Clayton Kershaw, we know has, he's had his ups and downs in the postseason. And Ryu um, is a Cy Young candidate who... Interesting, the guy just on the side of the road. I mean, that's fucking terrifying. Is this guy... Oh, man. This guy, every time a car comes, he turns his head. He's walking down the street. But every time a car comes, he like... I thought he'd just get out of the way of traffic. But it seems that he's like avoiding eye contact with drivers. Uh, see, man, what what is my duty here? I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. There was no alerts or anything. He didn't look suspicious other than the fact he was walking on the side of the road. I've never seen him there before. Listen, I'm not calling anybody because he didn't do anything. All right, but it's just, see, it's just a world of paranoia that we're living in today. Well, so... Uh, yeah, and the, and the Dodgers have a good offense. Like Max Muncy is hurt. Cody Bellinger is an MVP candidate. Uh, Will Smith is a rookie catcher who's come up from the minors and bash. Gavin Lux is a rookie who is starting to hit. I mean, Justin Turner they got from uh, the Mets scrap the Mets scrap heap, and you know countless other guys. Jock Peterson, uh, one of the Seegers. I always always a oh, Corey Seeger. I know his brother or just another guy named Seeger plays in Seattle. I honestly don't know if it's his brother or not. Um, uh, but it's a good offensive team. Good good starting pitching. A shaky bullpen. And a shaky uh, wartime manager. All right. You know, can't trust Dave Roberts in a big spot. But, you know, baseball is... Baseball history has a million managers who fucked up until they didn't. All right. Who couldn't fucking figure it out until they did. So... Um, until then, we will take glee in watching Dave Roberts fuck up in the postseason because Dave Roberts of the famous 2004 steal in the Yankees-Red Sox series that ended the curse. So we will, you know, while we can, we will uh, take a lot of pleasure in Dave Roberts' playoff failures. Um, but, you know, that's all in the past now. Now they get another chance uh, to, to, run, to run it back and, and win their World Series. So... Uh, first team in, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, yesterday I was... I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to mention it, but I'm not going to talk about it. The Odell Beckham watch thing. Come on, man. Who the fuck cares about this watch? You ju- the, the Browns just lost the first game of the season after all this hype. Uh, they lost in embarrassing fashion. Baker Mayfield had a bad game. The defense didn't look great. Uh, Odell was there, but, you know, no big plays, no big-time plays, nothing to write home about. They're just talking about his fucking watch. And he wore this expensive watch in the field, 
and can you wear it again on Monday night? And what a flex. Uh, fuck you, what a flex, all right? I don't... That's showing off your fucking goods isn't a flex. That The braggadocia of it, the fucking cockiness of it, I don't live for that, man. I'm not here for it. You want to fucking... You want to wear something expensive and show it off? That's your prerogative? I don't dig it, man. I don't like people who do that kind of shit. I don't... You know, you're flashy. I don't mind if you dress nice and you got a nice piece of jewelry, whatever, but... You go, you go, you go in this game. You know everybody's watching. You're wearing a watch that you know the NFL is not going to approve of. You're not supposed to be wearing that kind of shit in the field, and you're just doing it for the fucking looks. Nah, man, that's not for me. Like I said, if you want to wear a gold chain, that's fine. But you know, if it's a big ass gold chain, you're just showing off that you can spend a lot of money on a fucking gold chain, and it's not for me, man. All right, there's a there's a fine line between looking nice and just showing off to show off. All right. And that's showing off to show off. And it's or it's, or it's to show off because the watch guys are going to give them a, a paycheck. Like, all right, great, good for you, man. You made a few bucks off a watch. But everybody's talking about that. And nobody's talking about the 107 penalties they took on fucking Sunday. That they're going on the road to face the Jets who are going to be hungry for a win. The Jets who lost to the Browns last year on Thursday Night Football. Baker Mayfield came in. And brought the Browns back, and they they beat the Jets on national TV. So the Jets, I would assume, would be hungry to win this game at home after losing to the to the Bills. They'd be looking for a W, man. I know he's talking about that. Everybody's talking about the watch, the watch, the watch, the watch. Unless he shoved that uncomfortable hunk of metal up his ass for three years and brought it back to his. dead war buddy's son I don't want to hear about the fucking watch Antonio Brown you know what man what a fucking whirlwind this has been it has been non-stop with this motherfucker for how many weeks Antonio Brown in the headlines every day feet <laughs> can't believe it started with his fucking feet and then the helmet and then not showing up and then fines and then uh, then everything last weekend and now this is the worst of it obviously it's out this rape allegation comes out um, I guess it's the same woman but three separate allegations that's a pretty serious charge all right it's nothing to this is outside of sports. The timing of it is so weird, though. You know, like, I don't think that they put this together yesterday. I assume it had been in the works for a week or two weeks or a month. I assume this, I'm assuming that lawyers don't just make these allegations without some sort of, I don't know if evidence is the word, but some sort of belief that the allegations are true. So they, would, they must have some sort of evidence. Or at least, like I said, or at least some part of the story is believable. Of course, his Brown's lawyers have come back. And look, I'm not going to get into this whole, did he do it, did he not do it. I don't know one or the other. It's just unbelievable that this happened on the heels of everything else. It kind of, it's felt like for a couple days that, okay, finally, we can stop hearing about Antonio Brown off the field 
we're going to at least get to watch him on Sunday. His first practice was supposed to be today. We could at least get to watch him on Sunday, see what he's going to do. I mean, it's against the fucking Dolphins on Sunday. So it's not going to be much of a preview. It's just going to be 2-0 and for the Patriots and more anger and frustration out of Miami. But now I don't know, man. Now, look, now I don't want to see the guy play, to be honest with you. I don't want to see him on the field. I don't want anything to do with this guy. But we know the NFL has its way of brushing sexual assault under the rug, you know, when it's convenient for them. Ben Roethlisberger still on the field after all these years. You know, if you hit a woman, that's one thing. But sexual assault, it's, they can kind of turn a blind eye to. Seeing as the owner of the franchise that Antonio Brown now plays for, I just, you know, paid 30 bucks for a hand job from, uh, you know, a sex slave in a Miami, in a Miami rub and tug. You know, that came out. And, uh, you know, Antonio Brown, who knows? I'm not going to go over the allegations. They're ugly. They're not anything I want to talk about. Not anything I want to click on on sportsillustrated.com and have to read about. You know, but they, they happen. They, they're stories in sports when they have these these players, and and uh, you know, not they're not all great guys. A lot of flawed. For if I wanted to soften the blow a little bit, a lot of flawed individuals in these sports. You got to deal with it as a sportsman. Jesus Christ! The billboard up here. I mean, it's a segue we're gonna make. There's a billboard up here. It just it was all black billboard. And it's a screen, so it just changed to a, an advertisement for Ellen. It was an all-black billboard and just two towers standing straight up, you know, where obviously it's twin towers. Isn't that fucking weird? How that all worked out, how it's 9-11. And the, twi- and the towers were easily, like, looked like an 11. Isn't that fucking weird? And you know, commemorative coins and shit. There you go. There's your conspiracy theory coming out. Because whoever because whoever conspired to do 9-11, they had t-shirt sales on their mind, of course, when they did it. Of course not. Uh, so 9-11, 18, 18 years ago. I mean, I could say it over and over again. 18 years. It does not feel like 18 years. Sometimes it feels like 50 years or 100 years ago. Sometimes it feels like it was yesterday or a week ago. Today's a day where it feels like yesterday. Um, I guess I'll tell you where I was. I was my freshman year, my first week of classes in college. I went into class, and this is before. I mean, I think some some kids had cell phones, but it's before everybody had a cell phone, and it's way before smartphones. So I guess some kid had maybe heard that a a plane had hit one of the World Trade Center towers, and now. This was a time before terrorism, so nobody really knew what to make of it at that point. It was just odd. It was just like, oh, man, it was maybe an accident. And then, you know, even like since, there was the whole thing with Sully. That was not terrorist-related. There was a, a Yankees pitcher who crashed into a building, uh, unfortunately lost his life at some time after this, and it wasn't terrorist-related. So these things happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility that a, a, an airplane was errant and clip the building. So we were in class, and we I'm, I'm, I'm on campus a half hour. I'm in New Jersey. I'm a half hour out of the city, and an airplane 
zoomed overhead. Like it must have been like a must have been like a fighter jet or something that was just kind of going up, just kind of jumping onto the scene. There's naval, there's air bases everywhere in the Northeast. I'm sure it was just one of those guys kind of getting close to the action, see what was going on. I don't remember when I got back to my dorm room after this class if the second, I assume the second plane had hit. I know we had, I know we had seen, I know, you know, two, you know, when it's two towers that are hit, it's all, at that point we knew something was wrong, like wrong, wrong. It wasn't just a one-off accident. And then one went down, second one went down, and was, I mean, as eight, at 18 years old, taking it all in was, on my first week away from home, it was, it was absolutely insane to see. Um, I urge you to read Hunter Thompson's piece from uh, September 12th. He wrote, that time he wrote for ESPN Magazine, or ESPN.com. He wrote an, uh, a, um, he wrote a weekly, I think it was weekly, I don't want to call it an article, I don't want to call it a blog either, but it was a weekly piece that he just kind of threw together. Some of them was nonsense, some of them was about football, some of it was about just how boring life gets sometimes, um, but this piece was one of the most, this might be the last great thing he wrote in the aftermath of 9-11 and it hit the nail on the head of everything it hit the nail on the fear that we were all feeling the paranoia that was there and that we were feeling at that moment and the paranoia that we continue to feel today um, and the feeling of helplessness that we all had like alright well somebody did this and somebody's going to have to pay but we don't know who the fuck is going to have to pay and he said maybe Maybe Afghanistan, maybe Iran, maybe Pakistan, maybe all of them. And he and he said it'll be. I think I, I kind of just skimmed this morning. I'll read it again later. But he said, you know, it's, this is this ends hope um, for peace in our time. And we've and needless to say, we've been at endless war for eighteen years with no end in sight. I mean, you know, what is, come on, man, you're riding your fucking bike, come on, Forrest, um, and still, see, I mean, and, and after, after 9-11, we would not be young at pedestrians like that, you know, you'd want to, like, you you want to just be sure everybody was okay, we were all brothers, we were all neighbors in the aftermath of 9-11, but now we're back to being scumbags, like this guy, who just made a turn, and he's in somebody's way, all right. Yeah, man. You jumped the gun on that turn. All right. Um, yeah, and it's it all continues to today. I mean, we're still paranoid. We're as paranoid a country as there is, man. Is it, you know, we, you look at people sideways. You're in the airport. You see somebody with a turban. You're looking at them sideways. All right. I see some guy on the side of the street. Turn. Look, that guy was suspicious, all right? My... I'm naturally paranoid. Please take your ticket with you. Um, and you know, you're you're wondering, what's this guy's deal? Is he? You know, I don't know. It's it's nine eleven. It's the anniversary. What's what's he doing? Why is he turning away? Why is he not showing his face to people? 
Um, but that was fucking weird, all right? Can we be honest? Can, can we just can we just put it out there? That was fucking naturally weird with or without the normal paranoia. But it's just everything is nobody trusts anybody. And that's why there's an assault on the media today. You know, there's a distrust in the media, fake news, and all that kind of fucking bullshit. And rather than take the information... See, you can say what you want about news organizations. You can take what you want from them. But when they when they slip in the commentary, you got to slide out. When they're saying stuff that seems fishy, you got to double-check it somewhere else. you got to be sure... You know what I mean? You're on... Since 9-11, in the aftermath of 9-11, if anything I could talk about right now is, is um, before I go, um, in the aftermath of 9-11, we, we didn't have any information. You know, we had internet, you could check CNN, you could check Fox News, you could check Drudge Report, you could check New York Times, you could check all these websites. But it was all slow moving at that point. It's not like today, where Twitter has, was releasing information by the second, all right? It's not like Facebook, where you're sharing everything with everybody all the time. We didn't have that then. So we were taking this all in uh, slowly, like literally going to Drudge Report and just refreshing. Anything new? Refreshing. Anything new? Refreshing. Refreshing. And that was it, which is kind of what we do with Twitter now. Anyway, but yeah, there's constant information. If it's not something, no information, somebody's making some kind of funny, stark, you know, funny or stupid or um, thoughtful. I don't know. You can say what you will about Twitter, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's constant and... And immediate information, um, whether it's right or wrong or not, it's always there. Uh, and in that aftermath of nine eleven, we didn't know anything, and there was constant. And I got in the mode at that point to say, "Look, I don't know what's going on here. If I read it here, I want to read it to other places." And which is to say, you as a citizen have that responsibility to do your homework. You can't just go to one source, and you can't listen to talking heads and take, "Oh, well, this." Uh, I agree with this person's opinion. I could cut this guy's jib. I, I agree with this guy's opinion. No. Do it for your fucking self. That's anything we learned from 9-11. I didn't talk about, which I, which I apologize, but this is what I really want to get into about 9-11, was we think about everybody that lost their lives on that day, whether it be from the towers or the Pentagon or the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania. Um, well, I, today we think about them more than ever, but I don't ever stop thinking about them. 9-11 always seems to be on my mind. Uh, one way or the other. Not constantly, but it just it's throughout the year it'll pop up here and there. It's a big part of our lives still, 18 years later. And we think about the people who lost their lives that day. I think about uh, the people who lost family members that day or friends. You know, there's kids who grew up without fathers and mothers because of that day. There's mothers and fathers who had to raise kids as a single parent because of that day. They had to explain to their kids why they're Mommy or daddy wasn't there anymore. And these kids are all now, you know, 18, 19, 20. They're all grown-ups now. And uh, I actually did see an article in the New York Post. I didn't read it enough time this morning, but I'll probably check it out at some point. Um, talking about the uh, the kids that did lose parents on that day. Um, so what do you about them? Uh, you know, do read the Hunter's thing. And if you want to go down, I, that's my only thing. That's a short read, and it sums up everything about that day and it takes you back to that day immediately okay it brings you right back to that time it's exactly how we were all feeling he nails it on the head and he predicts a couple of things too that uh, nobody nobody else really was predicting at that time it was all we were all kind of looking back and saying what happened and he was looking forward he saw exactly what the world was going to be in the aftermath um, so that's it you know I you know I don't like to do a somber episode but it's 9-11 and uh, 
September 11, 2001 is a day that we carry around in our hearts and we'll continue to carry around in our hearts. So I'm not going to end the show like I usually end the show. I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to say we'll be thinking about everybody today. And if you are having a tough go at it, talk to somebody. All right. We're all here for you. Have a have a good day, and uh, keep keep these people in your hearts.